experts of Common Sense Investing have been helping their clients and listeners make sense of the markets for nearly three decades. Using a conservative, diversified, value-oriented approach to investing, they strive to make you a better educated, well-informed investor. And now here's your host, Eric Whiteman. Oh my goodness. Bitcoin passed $50,000 today. Congratulations to all you forward thinkers. Last time I talked about Bitcoin was two years ago. And basically, I said it was very speculative. And today, I still think it's a speculative proposition. But it's becoming more generally accepted. Again, going back a couple of years ago, there wasn't much that you could do with it. Couldn't buy groceries. Couldn't pay your mortgage. And for the most part, you still can't do those things. But you are starting to see a shift in attitudes. Companies like Tesla, MicroStrategy, they're adding it to their balance sheets. MasterCard is talking about supporting cryptocurrencies, but I, I, I think it's still unclear which ones they'll support. And that's because MasterCard said it was only interested in dealing with cryptocurrencies that, quote, operate in full compliance with all applicable laws and regulations, including those applicable to money, uh, anti-money laundry. And basically, every cryptocurrency that I'm aware of fails to meet that standard now. Yes, some companies already issue payment cards that allow you to make payments over the MasterCard network using your Bitcoin holdings. But currently, these Bitcoin payments well, they're converted to dollars before they're transmitted across the network. And if the recipient wants to receive their payment in Bitcoins, well, then they got to convert those dollars back into Bitcoins. And for that, well, Master Charge charges you an extra fee for that service. Long story short is that it's probably time for me to revisit this. And I do plan to talk more about it on upcoming uh, on an upcoming show. In the meantime, market continues to grind higher. Nothing's really changed over the last few weeks. We've got plenty of fiscal and monetary stimulus, more coming down the pike. And when you put those two together, that's a pretty good recipe for higher stock prices. Not to mention that we're getting more shots in the arms and the things on COVID front, well, it's gradually getting better. As I said on the last show, I am nervous. By several measures, stocks are now valued at their most expensive since the dot-com bubble back uh, burst back in 2000. Now, earnings are going to have to live up to the hype over the next couple of quarters, or it could get really ugly. And that's what investors are expecting to happen. They're expecting for earnings to increase faster than stock prices. So for new investments... I think that you're going to want to keep the bar high here. You're not just going to want to buy whatever the stock du jour is. You know, Warren Buffett used to use a baseball analogy to describe the discipline of value investors. And he said that a long-term value investor is like a batter in a game where they aren't calling any balls or strikes. So if that's true, then you're going to let dozens, even hundreds of pitches go by, including a lot of pitches that other people are just going to swing at. No, you, you need to be a student of the game. You have to learn from every pitch that comes your way. 
you have to learn which ones to swing at and which ones to, well, just let go. And you can't be influenced by the way other people are playing or performing around you. You know, they're motivated by their own results. You have to have the patience to be willing to wait until you're thrown a pitch that you can handle or what you think is an undervalued investment. Meaning, I don't think it's smart to invest in businesses that you, you don't understand or ones that are excessively risky. You know, a lot of investors, they feel like they need to be fully invested at all times. They act like the umpire is calling balls and strikes, mostly mostly strikes. And the umpire is forcing you to swing at almost every pitch. Forget about batting selectivity. No, you need to go for frequency, right? No. A lot of individual investors, just like amateur ball players, well, they simply can't tell the difference between a good pitch from a wild one. But they take some solace in knowing that most of the market participants feel compelled to swing just as often as they do. If you're a value investor, I would say a pitch not only has to be in the strike zone, but it has to be in your sweet spot too. I'll tell you, your results are going to probably be a lot better or a whole heck of a lot better when you aren't pressured to invest. Don't ever feel like you're missing out. Just because you hear all these great stories about this stock going up, don't feel like you're missing out. There are going to be times when you don't even want to lift the bat off your shoulder. Remember, the, the cheapest stock in an overvalued market can still be overvalued. You don't want to settle for an investment that you think is going to offer a relatively safe 10% return if you thought that another stock is offering an equally safe 15% return, either if it's going to materialize. And I'm going to say an investment has to be purchased at a discount from what you think the underlying value is. This just makes for good absolute value. But being of good absolute value alone isn't enough. You have to choose the best absolute values from the ones that are out there. And what I mean is a stock that's trading at one half of its underlying value might be attractive, but another one trading at a fourth of its worth is even better, right? So what I would suggest is that you continually compare potential new investments with your current holdings. You want to make sure that you own the most undervalued opportunities that are out there. And don't be afraid to look at your current holdings as these new opportunities appear before you, even if that means taking a loss in one of your other investments. In other words, no investment should be considered sacred when a better better one comes along. Sometimes you're you're going to have dozens of dozens of pitches come at you. In a panicky market, the number of undervalued stocks increases and the degree of undervaluation grows. In a rip-roaring market like now, the number of undervalued stocks and their degree of undervaluation goes down. When the opportunities are scarce, be self-disciplined. Don't swing at bad pitches. I'm in the process of uh, adding a couple of stocks now, but I need to hold off talking about talking about them till 
we're able to buy all that we want. But one stock I think that you can look at now is Merck, symbol MRK. I own it, clients own it, uh, own it. But as always, you have to do your own research to see if it makes most sense for you and your portfolio. Now, Merck, symbol MRK, it's trading around $74. It's paying a 3.5% dividend. I think it's a solid company that's selling at a bargain type price. And it's selling at these prices because of COVID related disruptions. You know, it's weighed on certain areas of their business. But that impact has also largely been offset by continued strong momentum in their blockbuster Keytruda franchise, one of their, their, well, their biggest drugs, and some cost control initiatives. So the pandemic pressures persist, but they seem manageable to me. Merck said that the COVID-19 is going to reduce their total sales by about $2.5 billion uh, in this past year. This is all a combination of social distancing measures, reduced access to healthcare providers, and significant weaknesses in vaccine in their vaccine business, which has been hurt by lower back-to-school demand. There is growing optimism that the worst part of this is over, but I still think that we could see some residual negative impacts in the coming quarters due to COVID-19 cases. With that said, I think Merck is probably one of the most attractive growth plays in the big cap pharma sector. I And I say that because analysts are guessing that they're going to earn about six fifty this year. And if that's right, then Merck is trading at about 11 times earnings. And that's well below where they've traded over the last five years. They just, they have a great solid balance sheet, so they're not going anywhere. I just think that this is a solid company that looks pretty undervalued. And another one I like is Regeneron, symbol R-E-G-N. And I haven't talked about them in, a, in quite a while. And if you're a longtime listener, you might remember I bought this stock before the COVID crisis and I've owned it all the way through it. They've got a fair amount of attention through the crisis because of a treatment that they've developed. And that's certainly going to end up helping their top and bottom line. But their pipeline is competitive in other areas, too. Right now, they have about 20 compounds under development and varied stages of trials. So there's a lot of potential here. This is one of my favorite stocks or in the bio or one of my favorite biotechs. And it's trading under 500 a share or 15 or 16 times earnings, which I think is a bargain. Okay, I'm going to have to wrap this up. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Until then, remember, it's just as important to protect your assets as it is to grow them. I'm Eric Whiteman, and this has been Common Sense Investing. show now it's time for the really good stuff so listen up it's the disclosures the things i talk about during the show well they're just my opinion and are not necessarily those of the xml financial group 
I typically own and trade the securities I'm discussing, both personally and for my clients, but not all of them. Likewise, employees of XML and our affiliate broker-dealer may be trading and providing advice regarding the securities I mentioned to their clients as well. Don't construe this as personalized advice or a solicitation to buy or sell a security. No, you should consult your own financial advisor to see if it's appropriate for you. It's also not a substitute for tax or legal advice. I suggest you get someone who's qualified in those areas so you can get the advice you deserve. When you're talking about asset allocation, diversification, rebalancing, they don't guarantee better results and they don't eliminate the risk of losses. In investing, there are no guarantees. Just because you use these strategies doesn't mean you'll outperform someone or something who doesn't. I like to make projections and other forward-looking statements, which are just that, opinions, and are not actual results and are only valid as of the date of this recording. Things change constantly. XML Financial LLC is an independent registered investment advisor.